Hello and welcome to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my fiancé to watch the musicals he really should have seen by now and then we talk about them. I am the fiancé. And I'm Drew. I missed this. I know, we're back after a little break. Yeah. You were busy being in Disney. And catching COVID. And then getting COVID, yeah, for the like third time. Yeah. And it sucked that you had the perfect cure for my covid fever and you were laughing because this was basically a fever dream movie to you it really was um we've already watched the movie but we're not going to talk about it yet we're going to do the preamble as we usually do but yes you made me watch this whilst i had a fever Mm -hmm. in record temperatures in the uk and so obviously you loved it so it was a proper fever dream of a movie. <laughs> I am looking forward to talking about it with you in a moment because there's a part of me that kind of anticipates you being like, Danny, that never happened, you know? Yeah. But the, you know, the, the right thing to watch, I think, in record temperatures regardless was a bit of teen beach movie yes indeed i know this because of tiktok yes because you have the i can't stop singing make it stop make it stop which i seem to hear i don't know how often a day Mm -hmm. i know it's a decom i don't know oh i i know that they get sucked into a film so it's like film within a film like filmception yeah and the real world isn't a musical, but they get sucked into a musical, which explains why there's the whole singing aspect of it, which that I think would be quite cool. Mm-hmm. I I know that you have this weird, like, it's like a kind of old Edward-esque movie that, like, the plot is really silly and you have, like, this evil scientist on a beach who wants to end summer forever. Yeah. Which feels weird within the plot of the film. Well, yeah. So the the movie that is in this film that they watch is called Wet Side Story. <laughs> Which does make me laugh. Yeah. But it is based on, obviously, West Side Story, but yes. also a movie called Beach Party, which is from 1963. Cool. And had... Annette Funicello in it, who is Annette the Mouseketeer, the like original Mouseketeer. Okay, cool. Who they make jokes about in Greece. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so there's lots of references to that movie in this one. Beach Party is all about a scientist, although he's a, an anthropologist rather than a mad scientist, like yeah. weirdly studying all these teenagers who are having a beach party. And it's just like, Mad scientist, teenagers having fun in the summer. Yeah. It's a lot more raunchy than this movie is, obviously, but there are references. And when Teen Beach movie premiered, it was actually the same year that Annette Funicello died. So there was a um, dedication to her before the film started. So this is the thing is, I thought this was a lot newer as a decom than it actually is. That it's yeah, it's twenty thirteen. Yeah, so we're we're nine years old at this point, mm-hmm. and obviously it has a sequel. But I thought like this was twenty eighteen, and the sequel was twenty nineteen. 
Yeah. So in my mind, it was a lot newer than what it actually is. Which probably explains why some of the production values on this are a little bit lower than Zombies and The Descendants. Because this feels like it's in that kind of... We've had High School Musical, but then DCOMs are going to drop a little bit because they're trying to find the next High School Musical and nothing's kind of sticking. Mm -hmm. And then you get the Descendants series, which maybe does a good job of it. Yeah. So this, it surprised me that it's, it is nearly a decade old. I I don't know any of the cast. Well, there's one person I know in the cast. Yeah, there is. And that's Brad. Yeah. From Rocky Horror, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone else. Is there anyone I should have known? I mean, almost the entire cast have been in some kind of other... Disney Channel show, which yeah. happens a lot with these DCOMs, like the main... Oh, yeah. Who is it that was in Wizards of Waverly Place? It was um, Sharpay. Sharpay was in Sweet Life. Okay, Sweet Cody. Life of Zack and Cody. Selena Gomez was Wizards of Waverly Place. Fair enough. But point stands is, obviously, you're a Disney kid, so you're in multiple Disney properties. Yeah, so Ross Lynch, who is the main male character Brady he was very famous for being in Austin and Alley like that was his big show and then he did this off of the back of that he's also the boyfriend in Chilling Adventures of Sabrina I haven't watched it because you'd already started watching it before I ever did yeah but you you might recognize him from that but yeah did you play Harvey yeah I mean I I just know it from the the one with Melissa Joan Hart that's the only Sabrina I care. Well, yeah, about. that's he, he played Harvey. That's my Sabrina. Damn it! Yeah, I don't care. So, I mean, but that's quite a successful post decom career. Oh yeah, and you he's know. also done tons of Disney stuff since then. Like, except for the leading actress of this movie, Maya Mitchell, they all appeared on like "So You Think You Can Dance." Um, I believe they were on. What's the dance show here? With where celebrities partner up with actual dancers. Strictly? They, yeah, I'm pretty sure they were on Strictly cool. performing because Ross Lynch and the rest of the cast are phenomenal dancers. And Maya Mitchell is a really good dancer, but she never does any of these things. And it's because that's not her forte. She's a good singer and a good actor. Yeah, but, she's not a triple threat. Yeah, in my opinion. Fair enough. <laughs> so, but you'll see that in this movie. There's a lot of dance scenes where she suspiciously disappears but but yes but i feel like the dynamic of this film is you've obviously got him being very eager he loves this film Mm -hmm. uh not is a good enough reason to explain why she's not going to be in as much of the dance sequences yeah now there is somebody here who you should know which is jordan fisher because he has been in so many different things but uh you will definitely recognize his voice because he is one of the members of four town in turning red he's like the lead singer of four i mean four town as iconic as they are on like tiktok are fairly generic to me that i couldn't tell you their voices separately he's also into all the boys i loved before not since he has played uh, dear in dear evan hansen on broadway <laughs> he was in hamilton cool. he took over from anthony ramos as philip and john lawrence yeah i think he showed up in high school musical the musical the series he's 
He was in The Flash. I've never seen The Flash series. Oh, he was like uh, Impulse. He's Seahawk in She-Ra. He was in Grease Live. He was in Rent Live. Like he's in a lot, a lot of big things, but he is predominantly a fantastic actor and singer. Yeah. Which is very cool. He also got married at Disney World. That is the dream. <laughs> yeah, if you had the money to do it, or you work for them and they'll just pay for it for you. Yeah. Yeah, that is the dream. Although I I am a little disney out, dare I say it, 15 hours in one of the parks. Incorrect. I, I do think, no shade on Disneyland Paris, but I think it is possible to get disney out of Disneyland Paris because it's smaller compared to... Well, it's not like a city, like... Yeah, exactly. So I think it's fair to say that you're like, two days at Disneyland Paris is enough. Sure. But two days at Disney Florida or Disney Anaheim is mm. not enough. It's interesting. So, this, like other decoms we've discussed previously, was made very, very quickly. This one had a longer series of rehearsals beforehand than some of the other decoms around this time. High School Musical, obviously, when we talked about that, had a lot of rehearsal yeah. time because of the big dance scenes. They started writing it in 2011, then pre-production and rehearsals began in 2012, and they were filming in Puerto Rico, which is the third Disney Channel movie to be filmed there, but the first musical Disney Channel movie That's to cool, be filmed though. there. Yeah, it's not filmed in Hawaii at all, but Puerto Rico was just a place where they could cheaply and easily get the look that they wanted to. Yeah. Which I think worked. You can definitely not tell. No, and I think the aesthetic of this film is pretty pretty good. Yeah. And obviously because all the parts of this movie that are very stereotypically Hawaiian are set in a 60s movie. Yes. So we expect that over the top like luau in inverted commas uh style. Yeah. Most of it took place uh, on the east coast of Puerto Rico and then the indoor scenes were all filmed in a warehouse that they built the sets into. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, at the time, the film was called Teen Beach Musical, like high school musical. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that would be a little... I, I mean, I think the whole Teen Beach movie is a weird name anyway. Mm -hmm. Teen Beach Musical probably would have been a little on the nose. It's like, you've got a high school musical, now have the Teen Beach Musical. Well, exactly, and I think that's why they changed it. Yeah. I th I feel like this film would maybe have had higher expectations going into it than it should have had it. You know, and people would argue, oh, it's the same universe, and it really isn't, and it might have been to the detriment of this film. Mm -hmm. So, good choice. Yeah. And... They recorded 10 original songs for this in different styles. So they wanted to have some like Motown style, R&B, rockabilly style, pop, 50s like-esque. I have no idea when this movie set. It's got to be 50s, right? It's I think it's the early 60s. I think it's the early 60s. Yeah. And then obviously surf rock, which is why I've had Beach Boys stuck in my head. Since we watched this film, even though the Beach Boys are not in it, that's just the, the style they're trying very, to evoke. If you'd say to me, like, name some recording artists mm -hmm. that this film makes you think of, Elvis, Beach Boys would have been up there very much. Yeah. 
The release obviously was in 2013 and the critical reception was pretty good. Uh, in the UK, the premiere had uh, 500,000 plus viewers and the premiere in the States had 8.4 million viewers during its first airing. And then obviously, like they always do, they edit the next day as yeah. well. And that had 13.5 million. Which viewers. is great because you've obviously got probably some repeat people. Like there's not going to be 13 million brand new watchers, obviously. But the fact that not only have you been able to improve, mm -hmm. but also retain, you know, you've got you've got new eyes on the product, but you're keeping people. Mm -hmm. That's pretty pretty good and yeah. as a metric of success if people want to watch it 24 hours later again you know you're on to a winner mm. and it is the second highest at the time it was the second highest rated disney channel original movie after high school musical after high school musical 2 i was gonna say 2 but i thought no that didn't do as well as the first one but no it, 2 did better than yeah. the first one did where is it ranked now i mean descendants has got to have taking it down a few i'm sure it has i don't actually have the list in front of me descendants would have taken it down and i genuinely think zombies 2 i loved zombies would have taken it down well you enjoyed zombies 3 i enjoyed though. zombies 3 unapologetically i enjoyed zombies 3 any movie that has a canon non-binary character in it is good in my books i mean you'll have to wait till halloween 2023 to hear our thoughts on zombies 3 i know but, you know Topical as ever here at It's a Musical Podcast. <laughs> um, where does this rank then in terms of DCOMs for you? Because I know you've watched this multiple times since we've lived together. Mm -hmm. And there's been multiple times that, you know, you've tried to make me watch it. I'm like, Drew, we're going to podcast about this eventually. Yeah. I'm sure you want to podcast about this. So... You're going to be really happy that we finally watched this one. But mm -hmm. where does it rank for you in terms of DCOMs? Obviously, my favourite DCOMs are High School Musical. I would rewatch those any day of the week. And I think they hold up. I know you didn't like parts of them as much as I do. But also, I was a child when I watched it for the first time. Fair enough, yeah. I think Teen Beach Movie probably rates about the same as Zombies for me. Like, I know all the songs. It's good fun. It's silly, but, like, I enjoy it. Better than Camp Rock or Descendants? Yeah, and then it would be Camp Rock and Descendants. I say those are pretty equal to you. Cool. Have we watched Camp Rock? Yeah. We've done the first one. Yeah, we need to do the second one. More Jonas Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to do the second one. Mm -hmm. And then we've got Zombies 2 and 3. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Teen Beach Movie 2. Mm -hmm. Which is a great film. But I think... I mean, in terms of the big decoms, I can't think of other decom musicals. I'm sure you can. Things like Lemonade. Lemonade Mouth. Mouth is really well. No, okay. Lemonade Mouth's music is really good. The plot is completely nonsensical. Yeah. Like obviously. No, <laughs> it's a weird I I do want to watch that one eventually. I know that Ray from being bookish has covered it in the past. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed that episode. I'd quite like to cover it eventually. Mm -hmm. but Yeah, and also Nick Duranio has covered it previously. If you don't follow them, they're on YouTube. You should go and watch their videos because they're hilarious. Yeah. But their video on Lemonade Path is one of my favourite videos that they've ever made. Because they just make fun of it and it's great. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to be doing a lot of with Teen Beach Movie. 
I don't know what you're talking about. This movie is incredible. It's got a high rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which mm-hmm. like shook me a little bit. I think 86%. it's like eighty six. Yeah, yeah. Which, but it's only based on seven reviews. Yeah, and those reviews. I mean, we've talked about reviewers in the past. Like, you should have the right people reviewing these these things. Like, there's no point in a like esteemed film critic who would usually cover Martin Scorsese and Oscar bait films mm-hmm. covering this. Yeah. Because you know full well it would be a one or a zero star. You need people who enjoy this being the reviewers. Yeah. There's nothing worse than when you see somebody who dislikes musicals reviewing a musical. Exactly. You know, uh, I think critically, Cats might have done better as a film property if it was exclusively you know uh musical musical people yeah but you know that's just that's just me so one of my other favorite things to have come out of teen beach movie is pride house la which is (laughs) yes you told me about this uh three of the main cast of this movie and one of their partners i believe um, all live in a house together in LA and they call themselves Pride House LA and they make TikTok videos about basically just queer life things. So like how to be a better ally to the trans community, how to tell your parents that you're you're coming out as and yeah. literally anything. And it's all really good. I think they've started a podcast now and apparently they're slated to get a TV series, like That'd a cool. mini series, which is very cool. But I just think it's hilarious that it came from this film. So you have... Tanner, the main boy character of the film, yeah, in the film, uh, Garrett Clayton is a part of Pride House. Then you have Kent Boyd, who is Rascal, which is the boy who wears the bucket hat the whole time, a uh, surfer boy yeah. in the film, and also Molly Gray, who is Giggles, the one that wears the pink swimsuit and like shimmies the whole yeah. time. They all live in a house together. And talk about gay stuff. Which is amazing. Awesome. I mean, it is. And they also very frequently film videos where they dance the Dancers to Teen Beach movie. But they've had like Jojo Siwa go and hang out with them before and stuff like that. It's very cool. It is. It's it's incredibly cool. And it's what you want. You know, that really positive representation, but also a really positive voice for the community. Well, especially because the way that you know, when I was a kid, the only way that you heard anything about Zac Efron was in magazines, yes. you know, and you learn as a kid not to take that stuff too seriously that's written in magazines. But nowadays, if you like somebody who's in a TV show that you like, or especially in 2013, you would just go and follow them on Instagram. Yep. And then you would get to see all of this really positive LGBTQ plus like stuff and awareness that would be built... For kids who maybe wouldn't have that anywhere else. Yeah, oh, which absolutely. Which I think is a good thing. It is. It, it absolutely is. It's so important. I know, you know, working as a teacher, we talk about it a lot, but the amount of students who have their fingers on the pulse and they tell you this person is a good person to talk about because they are an ally. Mm-hmm. And these aren't necessarily people that I've heard about, but I quickly learn about. It's it's important when you've got people using their platform to spread good. Yeah. And it is far more accessible nowadays. You know, I was, I think, six, 15 or 16 when MySpace happened. Did you ever have a MySpace page? I was not allowed to have a MySpace yeah. page. 
I mean, obviously, I old, was like six, <laughs> old man Danny. But you know, MySpace was very cool because there were wrestlers who would be on MySpace, and you know, you could follow them and, and read stuff. All I remember about MySpace was that one of my friends had it. God, we are so old. One of my friends had MySpace, and she tried to get me into it, and. I went home and said to my mum, can I meet MySpace? And she was like, no, <laughs> definitely Very not. responsibly. Yeah. And then the next time I was at my friend's house, she was showing me how she'd made her MySpace page and she had to do coding. Yep. And I was like, why would you do this? I think it's why MySpace <laughs> no. will always be a bit more cooler than like Facebook or Instagram or Twitter for me because like you could make your page so you. I had like a nice little corkboard backdrop that i'd created i was like i'm not taking the time oh i did i did a lot (laughs) of it it was very very cool also my parents the computer in my parents house was in the dining room behind the dining room door like you to use it we still had dial up yep same but you know i claimed it was homework yeah sure (laughs) I, i wouldn't have gotten away with that i'm excited to watch teen beach movie i think over the years doing this podcast mm-hmm. whereas i i've been very critical and concerned when it comes to decoms they do tend to be a little bit more fun than i'm realizing and it is a little bit of leave your brain at the door yeah i i ser- so obviously we're gonna overanalyze this today yeah i have thoughts mm-hmm. which is absolutely hopefully what you guys turn it you know tune in for but uh, i'm excited to talk about it and see if there's things that um we we mutually think about this one yeah or maybe you can correct me on a few things Mm -hmm. but i think it should be a good discussion yeah i don't think i'll be as overly negative as you're probably dreading i had a good time well we will never make it stop. No, we're not going to stop. What we're going to do is we're going to jump in the ocean mm-hmm. and we're going to be sucked under by a wave, which sounds really irresponsible, but we're going to come out in Wet Side Story. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will tell you all when we return. You can decide whether you are a, a biker or a surfer. I think I'm somewhere in the middle. <laughs> I don't. I'm a I know what I don't want. I'm a burfer Ew. or a s- sucker. I'm a sucker. That's what I am. <laughs> you are a sucker for letting me make you watch this film. Yes, we will be back very shortly after intermission. And we are back. Yes, we have been through the movie and come back into the real world. Unfortunately. (laughs) Unfortunately, we've been through the movie or unfortunately we've come back? I was going to say unfortunately we've come back, but there are some weird, like, not allegations. I don't know what the word I want is. There are some weird implications of being stuck in the movie. What do you mean? Well, so Wet Side Story, the movie that they get dragged into, is in the, like, 50s, 60s? Yes. Early 60s? And I have seen the sequel. So I know that if you get stuck in this movie, you just live in the 60s now. Which is probably not a 
time period that you want to live in. It is especially not a time period that Mac wants to live in in no. this film. So, <laughs> like, yeah, it's super interesting. Yeah, because it does end and they're now in the real world as well, which definitely Which is like... retconned in the sequel. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I was going to say, it was absolute sequel baiting. Mm-hmm. I... I don't know if I truly like this one. I enjoyed it. Yeah. In hindsight, looking at the logo now, it's incredibly clear that this is an older show because the graphic design of the logo is just okay. I kind of love the logo. It's not High School Musical 3, you know, with all the bells and whistles <laughs> the, attached yeah, to it. Yeah, glitz that comes It with definitely that. feels very much like High School Musical two of just presenting a logo it's an improvement on high school musical one where it's like you know typewriter font and yeah, just there sure it, it tells you a lot about it but it's still not nothing like great it just kind of shows up like i feel like most films could do that better mm-hmm. and that's the thing I, I dislike decoms is like their presentation sometimes yeah so we have our main characters to start with yes ross lynch as brady and maya mitchell as Mackenzie or mac and they are surfing, going surf, surf crazy. Yeah, they have a surfing montage over oxygen. I like the song. I don't think it counts, though, really, in terms of, like, musical song. Because it's... I like that we go straight in with a song. Yes. And I like that it isn't them singing it. Because, obviously, this sets us up for the reveal that all of the musical stuff is going to happen in the musical. Yeah, but I feel like that's actually quite detrimental to this. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like we shouldn't have any music until they go into it. However, they do need to start the film with some kind of music. One of my favourite things about this scene is the clear difference between these actors and their surf doubles, which I always think is funny. I I mean, I do kind of like the fact that we bookend the film in the real world with two musical numbers. One is non-diegetic mm-hmm. and one is diegetic mm-hmm. that it's almost like the world is slightly different for their experience yes and that's so important that you know so it well. is quite interesting i think once you take the film as a whole mm-hmm. this song is a bit more palatable yeah but here it's not and like, <laughs> you were just like i hate this <laughs> but also i was confused about like what it was setting up about brady and mac because like one of the lines is be the ocean to your shore yeah and i was like are they in love or is it like unrequited love or is it like sibling bond you know i wasn't quite sure the dynamic they were setting up for with this song it became clearer through like their interaction their whole relationship through this whole movie and the movie within the movie is bizarre because obviously as soon as we get the reveal, spoilers, that Mac is leaving, Brady just starts being a terrible boyfriend. Oh, he's a terrible boyfriend from literally one of my first notes on the first page is he is a bad boyfriend. It's a really Very bad emotionally boyfriend. distant. He should be dating Brad. <laughs> he's By which you mean Barry Boss, right? Yeah. He's far more into her grandfather mm-hmm. than he is her. Like... You have this moment at the end, so they're cuddling, 
and you know holidays ending but she looks down and she's sad and she's got some bad news and she tries to talk to him he's like whoa chill out dude i'm gonna go home and see you granddad yeah because the the place where mac lives she lives with her grandfather who in this is called big popper i call him i don't think anyone ever refers to no i just called him brad each time yeah and he basically has a beach hut where he makes bespoke surfboards cool he yep. obviously makes enough money to survive on this so good but yeah all the tourists who come and were like i loved surfing i'm gonna take a surfboard home with me so i never forget this and it just stays in the garage yeah fairly. gathering dust <laughs> like my one yeah, yeah for sure the um issue is obviously mac lives with him he's her grandfather and and legal guardian at this point and legal guardian at this point we learn that her mum is dead there is no mention of her dad ever in this film yeah because it's disney and therefore there's a dead parent and we only have the time to talk about one really yeah but there's a lot of like she clearly isn't being parented by anyone no <laughs> you know like barry boswick is busy she just seems to sort of. Well, he's busy herself. either making bespoke surfboards or watching Wet Side Story. For the millionth time. Which, you know, Brady is very, very excited and a little bit disappointed. Like, you're watching it without me. And even then, you know, Mac is like, what, what do you like about this? Trying to actually engage in a conversation. It's just cool, okay? Shut up. And is just dismissive of her. I'm just like, mm-hmm. why would you so want to date? Mac him? and Brady have only met this summer. Yeah, they've had a summer romance, and Brady is the is the lifeguard on this specific beach where her granddad's surf shack is. So basically, he's waited all the time for an inn, and he finally found it with Mac. Yep. So we meet Aunt Antoinette, and she's very business. She's very opposite what. Brad is. Auntie Auntie, yeah. yeah. Which I think is funny. Yeah. And I really like her representation. Like, you do get, like, villain-esque vibes off her, mm-hmm. even though she's not a villain. But you get the sense of she's going to be this obstacle because she's the complete opposite of this world that Mac is currently in. Mm-hmm. And then we get the line from Brady where he learns, you know... That, that Mac is leaving. And he goes, what do you mean you're leaving tomorrow? It's like, dude, she was trying to she's tell She's literally me. tried to tell you, yeah. But he tries to make out that she's the bad guy for this. Yeah. And he's seriously gaslighting her. And I'm, I don't care about him for the rest of the film now. Yeah, no, me like, That's it. I don't actually care what happens to him for the rest of the film. They, you just wait until we watch the second one. <laughs> they, 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 it's, it's like with Oklahoma. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about how sometimes your protagonists do something and you're just like, and I'm I'm not on your side at all. But at least with Oklahoma, I maybe got half an hour of rooting for our, our main character. Here, I didn't even get like three minutes before I realised he's not a character worth investing in. Yeah. And all I want for this is, is for Mac to realise, oh, do you know what? I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get my education and I'm going to shove it in Brady's face. Yep. That's all I want. Mm-hmm. And I know the film's not going to get give me that that outcome. Actually, you'd be surprised with the sequel. Some of the stuff that happens, you're going to like a lot okay, more. Okay, but... I, I know we're not talking on, about the sequel. Yeah, based yeah. on this one, I don't get the closure I want. Because I don't think uh, Brady learns anything through this. I don't think he becomes a better boyfriend. Mm. I feel like Mac compromises 
on her values. Yes. So. So Mac's aunt promised her mum, I'm assuming this is her sister, um, that she would attend this like prestigious private school and be just like her when she grows up. Yes. Mac's mum obviously died of something where she knew she was going to die in advance, as most Disney dead parents do. And... I don't know. Mufasa fell off a cliff. Yeah, he still has one parent, though. Mac has no parents. Yeah, but it's not like it was a long, drawn-out process. Yeah, okay. But we get the sense through this film that Mackenzie didn't even know her mum. Yeah. Because she she never really talks about her in a way where you're like, oh, okay, this makes sense, that you would know this. Because there's stuff later on where she says like i feel like my mum wouldn't have wanted this it's like well how do you know that (laughs) you don't yeah nobody does and even here you get the sense that she's like a little bit on the fence about this she's not completely sold she kind of wants to go back on this promise that she probably made eight years ago when she was like a kid well there's, there's no like point of this where she's made any promise except that her aunt said to her okay well when you can live here until it's time to get serious, so GCSE kind of level, yeah. and then you're going to this private school, which probably isn't a good idea education-wise, but like it would have benefited her more to spend her whole high school career at this one school just to get into the swing of it. But, but it probably is I, a lot of money, and Aunt Antoinette has probably only got like money for this. You know, she's had to save. These two years, yeah. I don't know. We get more as well of Brady being like, blaming her and just being nasty about it and mm-hmm. you feel really bad for her because Mackenzie's like well I'm duty bound because I'm doing this for my dead mum yeah but like I don't want to do this but you're not actually listening to me at all <laughs> but he's also like not making her want to stay yeah <laughs> I would just go if I was her but you know then we wouldn't have this film anyway she dumps Brady yeah she says how can there be an us after today which I thought that was great Mm-hmm. and then goes to bed and starts packing but the destiny board the destiny board yeah that her grandpa has made and it's like this is something that gave me closure and helped me realize things maybe someday it'll do the same for you literally magics and shows up at her door i like to believe that her granddad put it there no i think it moved you i think, think it magic. literally is like bed knobs and broomsticks i think it's it's just like eglantine's broom mm-hmm. and it literally just like surfed its way up sure. to the door so yeah she they, oh, we're told the day before like pre all of this stuff happening that there's going to be this amazing uh surf tomorrow there's 40 foot waves this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity you'll never get to surf this again and mac is like okay i have to do this before i can leave yeah so she writes a note understandable yes she takes the magic surfboard and she uh, paddles out and everybody else is being told to come in. Yeah, she ignores the lifeguard completely, yeah. just like surfs by him. It's like, whatever, dude. Yeah, because you've got Brady is one of the lifeguards, but then we have another lifeguard who's literally blowing his whistle and waving his red do not surf flag. Yeah. And she's like, nah. She'll be banned from this beach. I mean, what is the legality? Like, if you ignore... A lifeguard and you do something stupid and dangerous like this then you basically just can't do anything against you can't sue them essentially because it was your own choice no i know like, Brady also, goes after her. however if brady died rescuing her 
then Brady's she family, would be in trouble, Brady's yeah. family can file like a, a wrongful death lawsuit because like you didn't listen to the lifeguard. Yeah. So there's that. You know, she wipes out and then we can't see her anymore. And then this is a really nice bit. We just see the board like pop up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you hold something underwater that floats. Yeah. But you're holding under it literally just like pops up. Mm-hmm. That was quite cool. And then we see them and they're alive. Except this time where it pops up, instead of it being like cloudy sky, big surf, it's now completely flat, beautiful ocean. Yes. Blue, sunny sky, no clouds. Did they have dry hair at this point? No, they don't start getting dry hair until they start integrating Fair into enough. it. That's what I was going to think. I couldn't remember that bit here. Yeah, I didn't no, take a note because I didn't think that would be relevant. Uh, so they get to the, the beach and we get surf crazy. I love this song. They are now in the movie. and I think this song is hilarious. I think it's hilarious that the kids all get out of the one like beach boys car oh yeah like a they... clown yeah wagon. it's so funny it, this is a really nice sequence i mean i don't like how sped up it is I, I dislike that bit of the clown car shot where it's all sped up but it's supposed to emulate a beach boys music video yeah. which is like very clear through the way that it's yeah. done the choreography it's in gorgeous. this film is so good yeah i really like the whole rockabilly vibe to it as well like even though these guys are the surfers there's still a little rockabilly to them. Yeah. The choreographer for this is Jeffrey Hornday, who incidentally was the choreographer for the movie version of A Chorus Line. Nice. So we've talked about him before. But there's jokes that are in the sort of behind the scenes uh, clips of the making of this movie where the kids make jokes about like, oh, if Jeff saw us do that, he'd be so mad. And like in the TikTok videos made by some of the cast now, they do versions of the dances yeah. and are like oh my god jeff's gonna be so mad at us for this <laughs> which i think is really do cute. it again do it right yeah yeah i i do like this one it's you know it's a fun little way to integrate them to the musical world that you've got mac very out of her depth and uneasy about it and brady immediately forgets about every issue that is actually going on in the real world yeah, and yeah. is immediately like i don't need to validate your emotional needs i'm in my favorite film yeah he's bad boyfriend and well bad ex-boyfriend yeah. abandons Mackenzie to have fun one of my favorite bits in this we talk about how the choreography was like crisp and precise mm-hmm. there was one moment it wasn't oh the beach ball <laughs> yes because they're all messing around with beach balls and one of the beach balls gets left behind. Yes, it um, does. Because someone didn't hit it in time. I had to rewind to show you because it was hilarious. It was very funny. So I can imagine that the choreographer, if he rewatched it, was like, you used that shot. This is why you never use props. Well, this is the thing. It's like on the sand as well. They probably have to reset the sand each time because it's obviously going to have like footprints and like going to be very clearly been stepped on. And, and It depends on the kind of sand. It did look very kicked up. Yeah, but, but that, yeah, probably somebody's job was to like re-rake that sand. But that's what I mean, like in terms of the consistency between scenes, if you wanted to take that shot again, you'd have to reset the sand. Mm-hmm. Brady joins in with the song. Yep, and we get the nicest kids in town. Which is essentially what the song is, yeah. It's like that and um, Good Vibrations. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was funny. Yep. Um, Mackenzie getting in the way is fun as well. I like that. You don't see that in enough in musicals. 
you know, where somebody's part of a musical sequence, but it's like getting hustled and bustled about because yeah, like she literally is getting pushed around, yeah. And it makes sense as well because she's not integrated into this one. She doesn't know it the same way Brady does, and it's a small... yeah. Well, Brady knows some of the dances from this, and that's the things I really like about this. They're not suddenly in a musical, so they are fully embedded. It. Brady only is because he's watched this to death. Yeah, he knows the choreography. He knows it line by line. Mm-hmm. Mac doesn't, and I think that's really fun. That at this point, Mac isn't immersed in this world so and she also has we've established she thinks this movie is really dumb yes because she says at the beginning the girls can't surf as well as the boys can uh everybody sings and dances for no reason it doesn't further the plot in any way so she has legitimate reasons for not being into this yeah so the surfers are sus because they, they're like they don't want outsiders and they suddenly recognize brady and mckenzie and that goes nowhere we literally just cut to another shot and we get the biker mice from Mars as they enter to Greece. The rodents, music. Yeah. 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 Rodents social club. Yeah, the, the biker mice from Mars. Yeah, sure. Uh, they enter to Greece music. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they are greasers and it's great. And I like the bit where, you know, they, they walk into the same like dining hall area. Yeah, and Big like, Mama's surf shack. And they're like, surfers, I knew I smelled something fishy. Rodents. Should have laid some traps. Yeah. Like, and they do a lot of these little puns. And it was really, what I like is it's very self-aware that it knows it's like a bad D movie. Do you think if we watched Wet Side Story as an independent musical, like if we had the DVD, we live in the world of this film and we have the DVD of Wet Side Story, do you think you would have liked it? No. No, I didn't think so. No, either. mostly like because there's too no, mostly of... because there's too much going on in it. Yeah, yeah. For like sure. you don't need the weird villain trying to control the weather subplot in Wet Side Story. I don't think it actually serves anything, and I think it's a distraction. What is the purpose of that? I'm trying to remember. It's literally just the weirdest thing, and it works here because it's like taking the Mickey out of these like. Oh, I just remembered what the point of that is. It's because they, they they have to bring the surfers and the bikers together because like they recognise uh, they're all going to lose the beach. Yeah, so the bad guy who is called Les Camembert um, and his assistant, Dr Fusion, which, incredible, <laughs> I love this, are making an evil weather machine that will make the weather so bad that the surfers and the bikers will abandon the beach and big mamas will have to shut down because they want the land to build a high rise yeah and big mama won't sell her land so they're going to drive everybody out so that she has to sell it and then he can make the weather really nice all the time yeah it just doesn't. But feel I don't like... know what the logic of linking that into this is. It, it's obviously just because it's it's going for the idea that this is a really bad like campy movie. Yeah, yeah. it's one of those Edward like creatures from uh, outer space type movies. Oh, killer clowns, yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's not a bad thing, but it's very much like a homage to those sort of movies. But I I don't think I would have enjoyed Wet Side Story because of that. Yeah, I think it would have been. A little too much mm-hmm. it works here within the context of this world because it's it you know taking the mickey we get cruising for a bruising and again i find it really weird here that brady is so impressed by the bikers considering he is a surfer mm. like i know obviously the point of this film is they all come together yeah and you know 
a biker can be a surfer and a surfer can be a bike, but it just feels weird and jarring as well that Brady wants to be part of their gang as well, considering he is a surfer. I think it's more that he doesn't care. And also we find out later he does actually really fancy Layla. Yeah. But he's so... like It's like if we watched... Um, so we listen to the cat soundtrack a lot. Yeah. We sing along with both the Jellicles and all the Macavity songs. Yeah. So like it's like the same as that. I just the... wanting to join in with both. No, sides. and I get that. I just think the problem is here they're making Brady out to be this very fickle character that there's not much about him that I'm able to root for or like. Because like he's even compromising his own identity mm. here for this. Like he's not somebody who I feel like I've got a good hang on as a person. Yeah. He's a bad boyfriend. He's obsessed with this film, but he also seems to go against his values in the real world by wanting to be with the bikers. It's all really bad at setting up this character for me. Yeah. So before this, at the start of this song, Layla puts the jukebox on so that they can sing this. And she puts a quarter into the jukebox to play this song, but the price on the jukebox is 24 cents, <laughs> which I'm assuming is not a thing. I mean, it's a magical movie, isn't it? Like, Yeah. It's prop money. It's not even real money. It's I know. Like, I still think it's funny, though. I think that's funny. I think Butch has young Tom Cruise vibes. Yeah. I like him, too. I liked Butch. I like how queer-coded all of these characters are. I think it's very funny. I also have the question, why would the bikers want the surf shack anyway? Because it's a surf shack. Like, that's what it's called. So why would they want it? It's obviously just where they hang out. Yeah, but it's a surf shack. But I think it's like the only place in town. Like, it's but, the, clearly... but the name in itself gives it yeah. away. If they're so opposed to surfers, why would they even check it out in the first place? Well, they seem to think that if they are the only ones who go there, it will be a bike shack. But it's on the beach. It's on the beach. Yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> uh, I do like the bit where Brady steals Butch's song. Like he just steps and he takes over from him. Yeah. Like I can imagine if like Brad was watching the film, he's like, What's going on here? I don't remember this part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do like the choreography for this one. And I do like the line where, where Brady says, I always wanted to be in this number. Like like you say, it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't feel like it's helping me get a handle on this character. Yeah. I just love that Max stands there the whole time like, I hate this. I hate. I'm I... very stressed. I literally need to leave for the airport right now. Yeah. And and at the end of the song, they get a bit of like, okay, so here's the exposition of what's going to happen for the rest of the film. They need a storm, so they have to wait until the end of the film because there will be a storm because it replicated those standards. Yeah. Uh, I also like the bit where it's like the outfits change. Yeah, their, fil- their clothing changes to the film because they um, get invited to the sh- surf shack. So yeah. now they're in 60s style-esque they, they are still dressed slightly more modern than everyone else. Yeah. And I like how they just say, how do they justify the magic of the movies? Movie magic, yeah. yeah. I I do like all the like cliche bad guy lines that the bikers have. Mm-hmm. And then we, we find out that the sister likes surfers. Oh, yeah, because she says they're not, they surely they're not all that bad. And yeah. her brother is like, no, shush. Yeah, so she's Maria. Obviously. And we get falling for you. For you, yes. Oh, so Layla 
it, it's her turn to go and up and sing on the stage. Yeah. And also, I like that the way that they dress her for this song is she is dressed a little bit more towards the surfers rather than she, the bikers like she was before because yeah. she was wearing an all pink like leather outfit before. And I like is... this song. Brady tries to make Mac dance with him and she's like, I'm really stressed right now. Well, this is the bit that they were actually watching at the start when they got back to Big Papa's. Yes. And yeah, Mackenzie leaves because I'm not dancing with you. I'm stressed. Why aren't you listening to me? You're a bad boyfriend. Just... Yeah, she says she's going to take the board and go back down to the beach and try and surf her way out of here, which is logically what you would do. Yeah. But... As a result of her leaving, it means that Tanner and Layla don't have their meet cute. Yes, because she walks straight into Tanner, so he is distracted. So Brady has to catch Layla as she falls off the stage. And she's like, you saved my life. And he says, really? Because it's like a foot off the floor. (laughs) But he also then quotes the film because he's dreamt of this moment. Yeah. But I like the juxtaposition here is you've got like Brady being like really into this and Mackenzie just being like, okay, whatever. Yeah, because Tanner is a character that I think is quite funny. Yeah. He's an idiot and it's great. But he um, he does the whole smiling and his teeth like glimmer because he's that boy. Yeah. He's basically a Ken doll is what yes. they've gone for with this. And he's saying all the lines, the cheesy lines to her and she's just looking at him like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. And then they start to realise that they've wrecked the film. Yep. And they start to panic because now the plot might change. Yeah. And so all of the characters, the ensemble cast, aren't doing anything. Because they don't know what to do. Because there's no script for the rest of yeah. this. So they're just stood there. And Mac even says, it's like they don't know what to do next. And they don't. Yeah. This is, becomes relevant in the sequel. Oh, it well. does, yeah. Um, and Brady realises the plot might change, so he's like, oh no, this means we won't necessarily get the storm. Mm-hmm. So he he runs off to find the evil weather-changing machine. This is where we meet Les Camembert and Dr. Fusion. Yes. I don't have to admit, I don't remember this part of West Side Story, but, you know. Yeah, I'm sure there was something going on with a mad scientist. <laughs> and, you know, we've talked about his plan, but his plan does feel pretty solid. You know, like he's definitely thought. Oh yeah, this out. feels like it would work. Yeah, for sure. Like, if we were in a superhero movie, this I would be on board with this. Yeah, like I feel like okay, yes, that would work. I mm-hmm. can see the logic here. Um, they battle for evil laughs, and then we cut back. This uh, all the stuff with these characters feels very men in tights. Yeah, but again, on they, purpose. Yeah, and it's one of those that it's so separate from the from everything else until the end. Mm-hmm. It's very, like, montage It's almost like, um, what's the name of the squirrel in Ice Age? Scrap? Yeah, it's Scrap with his, like, acorn. It just feels like it's its own little thing. has no wider bearing on Ice Age until towards the end. But isn't the point in Ice Age... Now, it has been a long time since I've seen Ice Age. But isn't the point in Ice Age that everything is Scrap's fault? Yes. I'm pretty certain. At least in some of the films. I'm pretty sure in the first one, the reason why the kid gets... I And like I say, I literally haven't seen this since I was a child because I hated Ice Age when I was little. Like they get it, better. Yeah, the sloth guy just freaks me out though. But the he like tries to put, bury his acorn and it like causes an avalanche and then that sets off the whole... Yeah. Weird. It's like those one of those things. Weird. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. That it feels very separate until it's not. Mm. We cut back and Brady's talking about how Tanner and Layla need to come together. 
because they're the ones who find the machines and they unite the surface and bikers. So without that happening, the plot won't come to fruition. Yeah. Oh, we get this um, stupid little aside where Max says, okay, well, what happens next in the film? And Brady tells her the boys all hang out at Big Mama's and the girls all have a sleepover and they talk about their crushes and, like, that's where we find out that those people are interested in each other. Yeah. And so... Mac is trying to charm her way into Layla's sleepover and Brady just goes, hey, can, can I, hang, I out? hang out with you guys at Big Mama's tonight? And Tanner's like, yeah, of course you can. And then he just turns to Layla and is like, Layla, you should invite Mac to your sleepover. <laughs> and it's like that simple. One of my favourite bits is as well when Mackenzie throws some serious shade at Brady and is like, you know, we're not together anymore. I dumped you. Yeah. So I Good thought that was her. fun. I what I like is that Layla's got this one track mind. She just keeps going on and on about being saved. It's like mm-hmm. really boring, but like damsel dialogue. And then you got Tanner, who just has Zoolander vibes. Yeah, it's like, I'm ridiculously good looking and stuff. <laughs> I love Tanner. I love him even more in the second one, which I guess we will watch next summer. But, Maybe. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> we get meant to be. And one of the things I liked here was. You know, you've obviously got they're supposed to be singing this to each other, you know, with uh, Layla and Tanner singing to each other. But you've got Mackenzie singing it with Tanner to fill in the blanks. Yes. And you've got uh, Brady singing it with Layla to fill in their blanks. So you've still got the same kind of narrative happening, but you've now got it happening in like split in half. I like that Mac has been forced to watch this movie enough times that she knows the lyrics to the song. Yeah, well, she's just like watching it in the background, like she's been playing on her phone. I can imagine this. This song is very catchy, I think. I think it's I... very much trying to be breaking free. Yeah. I mean, I did write the note, how does Em know this song? Mm. Because she shouldn't, like you say. Well, how do you know I can't stop singing? Because of TikTok. Yes, because I played it in the background in, yeah, but the, the, difference in the room is, for like months. <laughs> the difference is, when this was filmed, it wouldn't have had the same access with like phones and viral stuff like that. No, but between Brady and her granddad, yeah, she must have listened to the song a million times. But she doesn't times. know the plot of this, so she doesn't, she doesn't know She it. doesn't know the plot. She probably knows the song. Fair enough. Like, guarantee you Brady has a CD player on the beach when he's being in the lifeguard and he just plays the songs from He's like, meant to be. Yeah. The plan doesn't work, so they have to have plan B now. And yeah, this is where you get the overcomplicating of the invites. Mm-hmm. And Mackenzie's swimming costume vanishes just like Back to the Future, like in the side we see it like vanishing. Because rash vests didn't exist yet, which I would like to verify whether that is true or not. I thought it was more a case of, I, I genuinely thought it was like Back to the Future, like she's running out of opportunities. Like that's how I read it. It basically is, and that again happens in the sequel, but the way that she says it oh no i think it's brady that says rash fests don't exist yet we're becoming part of the movie i was like oh yeah horrible which right i'm gonna talk about now go for it it is much worse for mac to be stuck here than it is for brady yeah because women had no rights yeah she has no rights no right to education no actual chance at being a surfer which is something she's clearly very interested in and she doesn't want to do it professionally it's just what she likes doing and none of those things are things that she can do yeah there's a bit i don't know whether this has happened already yet or if it's later on but where her and tana go surfing together it's not happened yet yeah well they go surfing together and he makes some comment about like nobody's ever beat me at surfing before let alone a girl 
And she's like, oh, great. I love being in this film. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, God, yeah. It's one of those things that, like, the rights for different groups of people would be so marginalised. And it's never mentioned. Basically, if you are white like Brady, you would love being in this world. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. We cut to a Greece-esque PJ party. It feels very much like we're about to get... Yeah. And Layla's overthinking her dress, but Mackenzie tries to introduce feminism to no success. Oh my God. She sa- Layla says, I'm going to wear this blue dress when I go on a date with Brady because Brady likes surfing and the ocean is blue and my dress is blue. So and surfing makes him happy. So when he looks at my blue dress, he'll feel happy. I was like, this is the most overcomplicated nonsense. But I genuinely remember doing stuff like that when I was like twelve, yeah. and like over rationalizing things. He like really that. likes oh the pink God. Power Ranger. So if I wear pink, he will think of the pink Power Ranger, and that will make him happy. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like what even? And we get like me. I like the song. I think it's funny. We've had a fun moment as well before where Brady finally understands Angry Birds because there's a guy with a slingshot like hitting the birds. Oh, it's a sea cat. That's yeah. um, Jordan Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's shooting his little slingshot at the the birds and making them angry. Yeah. And he finally gets Angry Birds, which was a funny little throwaway line. There's actually aged quite well. You know, cultural impact of Angry Birds. You know. I never, I never played Angry Birds. I know they have like a area at Thought Park. Yeah, but that's but, like it. You know, like Angry Birds is one of those that wasn't. It's like the Guitar Hero stuff in the Smurfs didn't age well because by the time the Smurfs had come out, the Guitar Hero hype had kind of died down a little bit. Oh, but people still play Angry Birds. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. It's like it's Candy like, Crush as yeah. well. Yeah, it's one of the things about School of Rock that I do feel has aged a little bit badly. Is a whole generation won't understand the Guitar Hero reference. But yeah. I think angry birds that kind of stands the test of time well yeah and i think it's the kind of game you download as well so that your kids can play it on your phone like we also get tanner talking about how he would date anyone surfer rat bookworm and then we get like me and he's teen angel yeah i love it they basically talk about all the ways that tanner and layla try to attract a love interest compared to what Brady and Maya is her actress name, Mac, actually yeah. do. I've heard this one on TikTok before. Yeah, you've probably heard me sing this a lot as yeah. well, because it's, again, a very, very catchy song. Yeah, and uh, we get some nice split screen effect, which I'm always a fan of in movie musicals. Mm-hmm. And then you get the reveal of the new looks, which is very, very cool. Yeah, the girls all dressed in their 60s vibe. And the boys in their, like, modern day at a beach club yeah. outfits, which is really weird. Yeah, but, you it's know. cool. It's, it's, it's a nice song. Like, it's catchy, like you say, and it's a good good placement for this. Mm-hmm. Mac and Brady start to argue over staying here because Brady's like, well, I quite like this world. Why can't we just stay? Oh, yeah, because the, there's a comment that this stepmom, no, the aunt makes at the beginning where she says your endless summer has finally come to an end. Yeah. And Brady says here, like, summer lasts forever in this world. We could stay here forever. And Mac is like, no. <laughs> Terrible idea. We watched a horror film where, like, they were characters and they had to survive the film. What did I dream of? Final this? Girls. Yeah. yeah I right. really like so, that movie. They go into the movie her keeps... mum's yeah. 
And it keeps looping over. That's what I mean. The movie's only the so movie, long. Yeah, so the movie ends and it keeps looping. So the movie would end and they go back to the start and they go back to the start. They're not continuing yes, the world. That is canon in Teen Beach movie in the franchise. So it's not an endless summer. It's, it's Groundhog Day. This movie Day, on repeat forever. Yeah. Which Brady hasn't realised. I don't think. At this no, point. because it doesn't happen in this one. No, but it does. But like, talks about later. you know, Brady would be sick of it. Mm-hmm. But even if they missed, it's almost like Groundhog Day in the fact that if they got it wrong this time, they could just do it you again. They could just restart next. again and yeah. it would be fine, yeah. You know, and they just do everything differently. They start to hatch Plan C, which is not just let the film go and we'll, we'll start again. Um, really what they should have just done is hid in a bush. Yeah, and just waited. But Brady wouldn't do that because he'd be getting... No, because he's the worst, but, you know. Uh, we do have Tanner and Mackenzie green screen surfing. And this is where Tanner's like, I've never lost to a girl. Yeah, because it's the most boring version of surfing, which is like Beach Boys music video surfing, yeah. where we're fake standing on a board. Yeah. yeah. Mackenzie wants to end the feud, but goes back to Layla's and they become closer friends. Layla tells Mac that she's always wanted to try surfing, that she feels like she'd be good at it, but that girls never surf as well as boys do. Yeah. And Mac is like, that's dumb. Yeah, she... <laughs> just her response to everything in this. She says... Never let anyone tell you what you can and can't do in life. And I just wrote down the note, follow your own advice, Mackenzie. Yeah, because she keeps letting Brady tell her what to do. And it's well, she keeps like everyone tell yes, her what to obviously. do. obviously. Layla plans to ask Brady to teach her to surf. Tana makes Mac a flower crown, yeah. which is kind of adorable. It is. And then we go back to the lighthouse and uh, Dr. Fusion and Les Camembert mm-hmm. argue over saying humidity. Is this the bit where as well they, they like go look into the fridge and he drinks something that's chemicals and he's like, no, 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 it's just lemonade. And then the other guy drinks and goes, no, that's the plutonium. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of <laughs> like that joke. So did I. It just, you know, there's just like, they don't know who's the sidekick in this dynamic, which is quite fun. You usually have a very clear like sidekick and Dr. Fusion should be the sidekick. Dr. Fusion, so in Camembert's mind, Dr. Fusion is the sidekick, yeah. but in Dr. Fusion's mind, Camembert's the sidekick. Yeah, which so I like, thought was fun about this. Yeah. This, so this is where uh, Mackenzie falls into the water and her hair is dry. Yes, and she keeps popping down behind this rock and popping back up and Brady yeah. finally realises what she's trying to say. Yeah, uh, she's becoming part of the movie, all the bits yes. she hated. Because, you know, like she talked about it at, at the very start, like she hates the falseness of this, that I go surfing but then the hair will be dry and it's just, it's not real and she hates it. Mm-hmm. And she's becoming the thing she hates about this film especially. Yeah. And we get probably the most famous song from this. I can't stop singing. Yes, this was the TikTok song. Mm-hmm. And also, it's an impromptu musical number. It doesn't actually happen within yes. The, the film so it's a brand new deleted scene mm-hmm. this is when we're human again on the 10 year DVD release yeah like the hidden song that's finally there mm-hmm. and they do the whole song they do I my one of my favourite bits of this song is that because it is a musical automatically you get an ensemble that go along yes. with it so the ensemble cast from this film are doing all the backup stuff. So there's a bit where they pull blue um, silk across the back and it's like the ocean. Yeah. And then the silk gets pulled away and everyone's standing there with little fish on sticks and stuff. And then they all run away. And it's, it's just very cool. funny. It's crazy. The best thing about this song is we get a tap break. 
because yeah, really. I love tap. Mm-hmm. I love that weird like arcane magic that is tap. Mm-hmm. That's just inexplainable. Yeah. This is where we see that Maya Mitchell is not as good a dancer as Ross Lynch. He's very, very talented. She's doing a good job of keeping up with him. Yes. Um, But I think it is very clear that she is not a dancer, just generally. But I think this is quite a fun one because it is almost like this character who can't dance, but is being forced against her will to do it. Yeah, it's in her favour. Yeah. I, I did like this one. You know, I thought I was going to hate it when it finally came on because I've heard it to death, but I actually liked watching it. Yes. Yeah. True format. You're welcome. <laughs> I can't stop singing. Uh, you were talk, probably just sat there the whole talk, time going, talk, make it talk. stop, make it stop. No, make I just it went, stop, make it stop. I just went, can we just talk, 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 talk. So uh, we cut to Tanner who is now stopping and talking to Layla for the first time because Layla's supposed to be on a date with Brady and Tanner's supposed to be on a date with Mac and they don't know where they are and this is the first time they've talked and it's almost like some like a light bulb goes off that they're kind of like gravity. Oh, you're the perfect person for me. Yeah. Yes, because they're literally written to be together. Well, exactly. So. so it's almost like, you know, the film is sorting itself out. Like, you know, the film is like repairing itself. Mm-hmm. It's like the... It's like in Loki... Where they know you've got like the timeline splinters. Yeah. And the film is like writing itself off, like getting the branches back on to the mm. sacred timeline. They sing a, their little version of Meant to Be, which yes. is super cute. And we hear what the song should have sounded like. We also have a weird bit where the villains are out on the beach and they're following Brady and Mac for no reason at all. Mm. But like they they hear Brady and Mac's plans so like oh people are on to us we've got to kidnap them but the way they're stalking them is like they're actually like stalking these kids yeah for no reason because they the paths haven't collided yet no so it literally made no sense at all a why they're out there or b why they're following these two random kids because the movie's writing itself around them so it's just a case of the movie's like fixing itself yeah fair enough I mean, I, I think that's that's the get out for this. If there's ever any point where the, 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 the plot doesn't make sense, you just say, yeah, it's because the right Wet Side Story yeah. is trying to figure itself out. Yeah. Uh, I do like the bit where Brady got stunned. I thought that was a bit of nice justice. You know, where you just watched him get like shot. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the phase was set to stun. That was fun. And the film, yeah, is back on plot. Before... And I think this is really nice. Before Tanner and Layla decide to move forward with their romance, they've got to do the right thing and break up with Mac and Brady first. Which is adorable. But they need to find them and they need help, which is cool. They seem to know they're at the lighthouse. Again. The film is writing itself. They know where they have to go. They go and they tell the bikes and the surfers they need the help. I do kind of love the idea that everybody knows that there's this crazy scientist living in this lighthouse like he just lives there anyway, i like the idea and... that les camembert and dr fusion come to mama the surf shack every night for dinner and just loudly like scoff talk, at the about, their plans. talk about their plan <laughs> but also like scoff at the bikers and like look you 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 know you can fight over this as much as you want but when i when my magic machine that controls the weather mm. is working you won't have your precious little surf shack anymore. And That's people, It's like the worst kept secret. And like yeah. Dr. Fusion's just like doing his evil laugh. He's like, yeah, ha, 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 ha. Or she's like, gullet is filled with ribs. Yeah. And he's got like the mess all over his face. I want to see a film where that is what is happening. Like that would be really funny. Anyway, they all... Butch accepts Tanner's plan and he gets teary, which is nice. Yeah. Because he's like, secretly, 
I'd quite like to surf as well. And everyone's like, I'd like to surf. I'd like to be on a bike. Yeah. You know. Cool they, Yeah. There's no like weird gun dance with this. On oh. Pier, which like would have been the perfect placement. They oh have... my God. So Mac and Brady tell Camembert that they're in a film. Oh no, no it's, it's Dr. Dr. Fusion. Fusion. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Because we've had meant to be again. Because Mac is like. Oh, I should follow my own dreams now. And she chooses love. Love of surfing? No, love of Brady, which mm. is a pointless choice. Guess and what happens in the next film? I don't want to know. Okay. Uh, Dr. Fusion's spanner is way too big to work like he wants it to, so he's trying to tighten it. It's like this stupidly big spanner. And this is where they tell him he's a film character. And he starts staring at the fourth wall. Yeah, he gets really freaked out by it by the concept of it it's like they've just explained the multiverse to him yeah and he it's it's kind of like imagine being it's like the truman show isn't it being told that your life serves no purpose Mm -hmm. like you are a character he's like what so you know what i'm gonna do before i do it yeah butch is scared of lighthouse so he's like, everyone go, you know, everyone go. And he tries to to walk and turn away. And then Giggles is there just to be like, no, yeah. pushes him back. And we get the surfs up crazy reprise, which is very like crazy antics. Teens destroy it. They inefficiently destroy the machine as they're like punching it or hitting it with like their bikes. Oh, Chi Chi's using her heel. Yeah. On like, it. It's just ridiculous. But I really liked it. I thought it was really good, like fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not doing anything what they're doing they're like oh it's too powerful it's too strong and then Layla jumps up on the machine and realizes it works the same way that her bike does so she just takes it apart and it's this weird little moment where it's like she's literally the smartest person here but she's treated like an idiot it's the 60s yeah (laughs) and uh yeah Tannis finally saves Layla from falling as well so we get that moment yes because they have to have that moment of course they do and then we get a big explosion and it looks like they're blasting off again yep and Dr. Fusion doesn't like how this movie ends and he tells Les it's a film oh yeah as they're like just sat at sea it's very Team Rocket yeah it's like I I really don't like this film and Camembert's like tell me more about this yeah you would think that based off of that because that feels very sequel baity, like that they would figure out how to get into the real world, but it's they're never mentioned again. Really, they're not in the sequel. No, that's such a shame, right? But then there's a part of me quite likes the idea that they end the film self-aware and they start Wet Side Story again, knowing it's a self-aware, film. Self-aware, yeah. And like they try to do things, and each time they learn something different about this world. That'd be so funny. I want to see a like Teen Beach movie three, but it's just them. It's just those it's just three. them taking yeah. over Wet Side Story. You'd have everybody else just in the background. Uh, everyone says their goodbyes. Layla gives Mac her necklace. It's which like... has the same flower on it as the magical surfboard does. Yes. The uh, plot has returned to where it should be now. Yes. We still have a storm. So Mac and Brady surf into the storm. Mm-hmm. And... and they get wiped out again. Because <laughs> apparently that's how you travel between the movie world and the real world. I like the bit uh, where they're like, <laughs> they said, we're going home now to the rest of the characters. And then they just run off into the sea. And I really Everybody wanted, else follows them and is like, okay. I just really wanted a line. Like I really wanted Giggles or Layla to turn to and be like, how is that going home? 
<laughs> just run into it. they mermaids. Like, because I should have been Tanner. It should have been Tanner being like, do they live in the ocean? <laughs> you know, I just wanted to throw in because I don't think they've explained the concept that this is a film no, to they them. Haven't. Because <laughs> they I think at, at that point it might ruin the film because if they like become self-aware, that's it. The VHS tape just splits in half. Mm-hmm. But I just really wanted a throwaway line with one of them just being like, they were mermaids all along, you know. Mm. Uh, we get the angry green screen waves and they wipe out and we get the nice pop as the thing comes up. They out. come back up this time, and yeah. And their hair is wet. Yeah, it is. Which can only mean that they are home. So Brady gets back on his... No, he just swims. ...scooter thing? No, he just swims back to the... the... No, he gets back on his, his... Oh, yeah, the jet ski. Jet ski, yeah. Scooter. <laughs> I knew what I meant. His water scooter. His water scooter. Um, and so he goes back in to stand with Brad, uh, Granddad Brad, and Max surfs the 40-foot wave and everybody cheers and it's like, wow, the danger is gone. Yes. <laughs> I guess it's fine. And this is when she looks down and she's like... I still have this necklace. Mm-hmm. So we know it wasn't a dream. They actually were in the film. Yeah. It wasn't like a... They they've smacked held their, their bre- heads on the bottom of the ocean. They've held and... their breath underwater. They've been in like a mini like surf coma. Mm-hmm. They were actually in the film. Yeah. And... Yeah, because no time has passed. No, exactly. And Mackenzie comes back to land and tells her aunt she's out. And just like that, Aunt Antoinette accepts. It's like, okay, you can surf. Her logic... It's obviously in the description of the plot for this film, it says she's made the decision to spend the rest of the year with Brady. Yes. What she actually says is that she's like, oh, I think what my mum would actually have wanted is for me to be the kind of woman who makes my own choices. Which yeah. Which is true. That clearly is what her mum meant in the like stupid letter thing from the beginning, but... It's it's very narrowed down to just being like, oh, she's going to stay with Brady, which she shouldn't be doing anyway, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and then they sing the finale, which is Surf's Up. Yeah, they get Surf's Up. Surf's Up. Surf, surf, crazy. Yeah. The finale. Yes. And then... Uh, we watched the credits and I made you sit and wait for the post credit scene. Well, so this is the thing is, obviously, it wasn't a musical, but they've come back with a little bit of musical. So at this point, I was thinking, like, why is this happening? It shouldn't, because they've clearly left the musical behind them. Yes, That's but in because... leaving the musical world, they have dragged some of that musical world magic with them. Yeah, and the musical has come through with them. Yeah. In the post credit scene, we have Layla... Giggles, Chi-Chi, Seacat, Butchie and Tanner. I think there might be some other people. Yeah. Um, they all get pulled through into the real world and some modern day surfer guy who has like ear gauges and a mohawk and stuff and they're all terrified of him. Uh, he thinks they're lost so he gives them his phone and they all freak out because it's a weird little box that talks to you. Well, it's also they get freaked out by Justin Bieber. Oh, yeah, it's Justin Bieber's face. And they're like, ah, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, because obviously this is uh, 2013. Yeah. So I thought it was really good is that they're scared by Biebs. Yep. And yes, we've got some nice sequel bait. What's going to happen? Because Wet Side Story has stepped into uh, 2013. They're in the real world now. Yes, indeed. Oh, fish out of water. Literally. Yeah. 
Uh, what is your best song in Teen Beach Movie? Probably Surf Crazy. I I did put I Can't Stop Singing. Yeah, I know you did. Because I actually <laughs> did really enjoy that one. And especially seeing it done for real. Mm-hmm. That was fun. What is your skip song? What is my skip song? Oxygen is my skip song. Mm. Which is a shame because it's the only song that's sung just by Maya Mitchell. I just don't think it... It, it just overall doesn't really work for me with the whole... It's not relevant it. to the ne- rest of the film. Yeah, like it's it, it it's important we have a song to start the world. Because I think, you know, if, if this is a musical that we waited half an hour for a song... That wouldn't be good. Yeah. You've got to have it, we, something. It's not a musical until we get to the musical world, so... No, exactly. So, you know, I liked I liked it, but it's, you know, the song mm. I'd skip. Who would you want to play? Tanner. <laughs> no. Um, probably... I guess Mac. I feel like it would be fun to play a character who actively hates what's going on. You know, like when we talked about Guy who didn't like musicals, it would be fun to play Paul because he hates everything that's going on. I think it's the same with this. What about you? I would want to play Les. Les Camembert. Les Camembert. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Why not? I think I could have fun, like, just really, like, over-egging that role. In the context of the musical Wet Side Story... That he has a song. Um, probably because we don't see the full. Because no, we never see the full plot. So he must. He's got to have a villain song, right? Yeah, he's got to. There's got to be a song with those guys because there's got to be far more songs for like the length of this. Mm-hmm. So he probably does have a song. We just don't see it. That's a shame. But I'd want to be Les. I think cool. that would be fun. Nice. What did you give this? Oh, before. I tell you my verdict. I'm going to go over to Twitter. Yep. Where, where the people have spoken. 47% of people spoke and said they have never seen it. That is a shame. 15, it's not high art, but like, come on, it's great. 15% of people, obviously, who've seen it said, no, make it stop. 15% of people saying it's okay, but 23% of people said, yes, I can't stop singing. On to Instagram, where 22% of people said they hadn't seen it. A 19% of people say no, make it stop. 11% of people saying it's okay, but a big majority, 48% of people saying yes, I can't mm-hmm. stop singing. So it is one of those. It does have like a big amount of popularity with, with people. A uh, friend of the podcast, Elena, said, I love Teen Beach Movie. I love how much it takes from the original movies with Annette Funicello and Frankie Avalon like Beach Blanket Bingo. It introduces the older style of music to a newer generation as well. And the movie was dedicated to Annette, I believe. Yes, it was. And I think that's that's the thing is when you get over some of the presentation issues with this and you take it for what it is, is this fun homage to f- older films and very much an entry level musical for these older films. Mm-hmm. And especially when you, you come up with like this headcanon of the reason the plot's all over the place is because this film has been messed up. Mm-hmm. So it's got to fix itself. It's fun. I think if you go into this, like, trying to overanalyze it the way we always do, yeah, it's not as fun. But when you start to just forgive its, like, sins, mm-hmm. it's a really enjoyable film. I gave it three stars. Cool. Good. I'm really glad you enjoyed this. Yeah. This is a solid four-star decom for me. Yeah. What would, you, what would make it five-star for you, then? The sequel. Okay. Yeah, the sequel's a five-star decom. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah.
Well, that'll be next year, I'm sure. Yeah. But yes, uh, I, I thought it was okay. Like, I enjoyed it. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, just based on how annoying the uh, TikTok sounds had been. Mm. Next week's a very exciting week. Yeah, it is. Because we are going to the theatre, to the new Victoria Theatre in Woking. To head way, way back many centuries ago, not long after the Bible began. For the uh, musical that started it all, for us at least. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are going to be covering Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I'm so excited to see this live. I haven't seen it live since I was like 10. I mean, I've never seen it live. I know you haven't. We covered the... Film version. Donny Osmond, Richard. Attenborough. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm very excited to see how it translates because there's a lot of glitz and glamour associated with this. And I know we have a really good cast Mm -hmm. because we've got Lindsay Hatley, Mm -hmm. who is returning to reprise the role of the narrator. Yeah. And we've we've talked about her on the podcast before. She's phenomenal. Yep. But we also have Jack Yarrow who was Joseph when it was in London. Yeah. And we actually tried to go see it in London, but we'll talk about that uh, in next week's episode. Uh, then, uh, we I don't know what we're going to cover after Joseph, but we definitely know that we are going to be going up to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival yeah, for a couple of days. And most excitedly, we are going to be seeing Rob Madge mm-hmm. uh, as they take My Sons Are Queer, But What Can You Do up to Edinburgh, which was one of the main reasons we wanted to go up because we're desperate to see that. Yeah. So we're really excited to see Rob Madge again. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Especially because the show won a What's On Stage Award. Yes, it did. So, you know, absolutely amazing that we'll get a chance to see them perform this show. Mm -hmm. We might catch a few other things at the Fringe Festival. We might do a bonus episode that covers some of the shows we cover. Time Time permitting. Yeah. It'll be right at the end of our summer, you know. And if you are at the Fringe Festival or you are up in Edinburgh and you see us around, we have a bag now. It's very exciting. <laughs> it's not merch that we're selling. It's not merch that we're selling. Up. One of my incredible students made me an It's a Musical podcast bag yeah. that has our faces on. It's the episode art where we're wearing our Pride merch. Yes. And it's incredible. So if you see a it's a musical podcast bag wandering around edinburgh it's me <laughs> yes yes it's our uh, everyone's talking about jamie yeah artwork it's incredibly cool yeah it is very very cool so if you see that bag say hello yes indeed as always uh, you can get involved in the conversation over on twitter and instagram at it's a musical pod we didn't do this when we first spoke about joseph mm-hmm. uh, it was our debut episode you didn't know who you were yet so Get involved. Let us know your thoughts, be it on the film or the stage show. Are you a fan? If not, why not? And maybe tell us your thoughts on Teen Beach Movie. If you are somebody who hasn't uh, watched it before, are you tempted to watch it now? It's it's good fun. Yeah, it's good fun. Good, clean Disney fun. (laughs) Yeah. Certainly was a COVID fever dream. Yeah. You love it. As always, you can subscribe to us on a multitude of good podcasting platforms. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, on the Amazon Music app under the podcast section of the library. You can find us on Stitcher, on Good Pods, and our OG hosts, Podbean. And if you like what we do, you can head over to any of those or to podchaser.com and leave us a five-star review. That's like riding a bike. I've not done that for a while now. <laughs> good. Until next week where 
we it will be all go 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 mm-hmm. we will see you at same bat place same bat channel have a magical musical monday